MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, February 5th, 2020. Today, the Iowa caucus, Kukushkin and the Department of Veterans Affairs, sorted allegations against Rudy Giuliani's law firm, massive weird donations to the Collins campaign, Bill Barr's 1MDB conflict, the State of the Union, Rand Paul reads the name of the whistleblower, more problems with the National Archives, and Joni Ernst tries to walk back her Biden remarks. I'm your host, AG, and with me today are Jordan Coburn. Hello. And Mandy Reeder. Hello. How are you? Good. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling like you're in some sort of holding pattern for some reason? Yeah, not at all. Feel a little edged? Yeah. A little, little tantric caucus? Yes. Tantric caucus. Happening? That's, that's a good... I think I like the whole title. theme for the last three years could be just tantric. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> things just roll out so slowly, and, and we're like, we need the thing, and, they, and they're like, no, nope. God. Yeah. I was real pissed last night. Yeah, I was so I was like doing a thing, and then when I was done with a thing, I was like, "Yes, by the time I'm done with this thing, I'll look it up, mm-hmm. and there'll have to be some answers." Nope. And it was the opposite of that, <laughs> mm-hmm. the complete opposite. Yep, and we're gonna get right into that, mm-hmm. and a lot, a lot, a lot of news. So uh, let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, so the caucuses. So apparently, there's an app called Shadow. And it didn't work. It's they were going to use this app to report the the results in from the seventeen hundred what districts uh, from in Iowa and precincts. Precincts. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That sounds more copish. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Down at precinct nine nine. Mm-hmm. Everybody. There's also probably donuts. Donuts at precincts. Mm-hmm. There were. Did you see the wine bottle lady? No. <laughs> Some lady snuck a bottle of wine into a school gymnasium, and they were caucusing. And she dropped the bottle of wine. It shattered in the oh. middle of the gym floor. And she's all, hey. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I wonder who she's supporting. <laughs> wine cave. She came from the wine cave directly. Um, <laughs> so she is actually probably what uh, what put Buttigieg over the top. But just <laughs> kidding. Um, <laughs> the wine gym. Yeah. It's a, what, four, quarter after four Pacific time on Tuesday or Wednesday? Tuesday. Uh, it will be Wednesday. Right. So we don't have all of the precincts in yet, right? Nope. They just released the early numbers with 62% of the precincts reporting. As of the as of right now, Buttigieg is in the lead with 26.9% of state delegates. Sanders is in second with 25.1. Uh, Warren came in third with, or not came in, but is currently in third with 18.3. So we have 26.9, and then 18.3. So there's a pretty big gap there between mm-hmm, yeah. second and third place. Huge gap. And then Biden with 15.6. And then uh, Klobuchar uh, with 12.6, which is great for her. Uh, Yang, 1-1. One, one. So there's a, so Klobuchar and up. Klobuchar, Biden, Warren, uh, Sanders, Buttigieg. Top five right there. Mm-hmm. And then Bang, Yang, goes all the way down to 1-1. One, one. Steyer at 0.3. And Bloomberg and Tulsi at 0.0. Wow. And what a waste of money, Bloomberg. <laughs> well, he wasn't. I don't even think he campaigned one second because oh. he, he joined late. He's not mm-hmm. even going to get it until oh, South it, Carolina. It, it. Oh, yeah. I actually remember reading that. Mm-hmm. And then in the popular vote, and the reason that we're getting the popular vote is because uh, I believe it was Bernie Sanders and a couple of other 
um, uh, uh, people who were running in 2016 as Democrats were like, we want to know, we want to know what a popular vote was. Uh, it doesn't have really much to do with what delegates are won. Because if you remember, like, I think Clinton had 111 and Sanders had 82 and they both took away the same amount of delegates. It was just, you know, just an interesting system. I don't even understand the math. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't have coded the app. So but, you know, I'm I'm a Gen Xer. So that's that explains a lot. But yeah, definitely uh, dumb that their inclination was to lean more into technology going into 2020. <laughs> yeah. And, and like not new test techno- it. Yeah. Test new it, technology. Tested at the Iowa caucus. Like mm, maybe at some special election somewhere else or it's, I don't know. I mean, all elections are important. I don't want to belittle any election, but yeah, the Iowa caucus. Yeah. I feel like we have a very app happy country where people <laughs> think they can app happy. Yeah. App happy <laughs> where they think like apps can like, you know, solve everything and stuff. Something should be manual. There was nothing yes. wrong with the way that they were reporting the precincts. I mean, there's a lot wrong with the Iowa caucus, but there was nothing wrong with the way they were reporting the precincts mm-hmm. before. We all got them within two hours. We got got the results. They came in. Mm-hmm. We knew before we went to sleep. Yeah. How did we do elections back in like the 50s? Yeah, well, <laughs> we had a lot fewer people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'll, that's how I think it should be. I, I, I'm for hand-marked paper ballots like we have here in California. Yeah. No voting machines. I mean, except obviously for handicapped accessible stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then like, you know hammerick paper ballots, count them, have an audit trail, no barcodes, no modems, nothing where anyone can hack. Infiltratable. Yeah, no mm-hmm. infiltratable things. Mm-hmm. So um, Republican turnout is lower than it's been, but I mean... Obviously, there was yeah. no there was there no, was no valid opponent. There, yeah. there were a you couple, know? but like it, it's man. yeah. I yeah. saw someone post about that. They were like, "This is a good sign that Republicans aren't going to turn out to vote." But it's like they had no reason to. No, they really did. If I was yeah. a Republican, I wouldn't have gone out. Probably, I'd stay home. It's cold. Yeah, <laughs> especially you know, if you're older like me. Yeah, and you have to stand <laughs> stand around for a long time for this caucus stuff. You know. Yeah, you do, and uh, they don't have a lot of. I mean, it's not really geared toward a group of diverse people no uh they bar- they bar for life any any convicted felons from participating i remember also, reading if that you're like socially anxious and you have to like show your support for the, your candidate in a really public forum like i that. got freaked mm-hmm. out watching it yeah mm-hmm. it seems anxiety inducing it seems mm. um but... i think you mentioned this yesterday too but it's not ada accessible in a lot of ways mm-hmm. either yeah, totally right. yeah and so because there was complaints to the DNC that they wanted much more transparency, the DNC has agreed this for the first time to release the popular vote. And then mm-hmm. the popular vote was 62% reporting. Bernie is in the lead with 28-220. When Buttigieg right behind with 27-030. And Warren with 22,254. Biden with 14,176. Klobuchar with 13. I mean, she's right on his heels. Yeah. Yeah. 13-3. She's less than 800 away. That's pretty awesome. She's doing great. And uh, yeah, I'm really proud of her. I love her. And then yeah, I mean, she's not my cup of tea. Same. But she's just a... Badass. I just want to like hug her. She's great. Yang, 1,124. Steyer, 222. And there's nothing even reported for Bloomberg or Tulsi. So I'm I'm assuming nothing. Uh, the percent or, you know, lower than 222. Um, the percentages and not the popular vote is what determines the delegates and who wins the caucus. Uh, like I said, this is the first time the popular vote has been shared with that DNC rule change. Popular vote doesn't really mean anything, though. Uh, but they, you know, they wanted that transparency and it doesn't but it doesn't really mean anything when assigning delegates. 
Um, 38% still not reporting. That's a huge chunk. So this could change. Mm -hmm. We have no idea when we'll get more results. We still, at this moment, uh, while recording, we don't have anything more. Uh, Mandy, if you see anything pop up, yeah, we'll do. If uh, you do, hand them to me. I will slide them across the desk. <laughs> this has just been handed to me. This is now. I have a. I have a piece of paper just to do that. It's the crinkle machine. Yeah. Um, question for you: What do you think? What is your personal opinion on what this means going forward for everyone? The results that we have from Iowa so far. How we got them, or what the results just, are? Just you know, as it stands, Buttigieg being slightly ahead of Bernie, and you know, the top four being who they are in that order. Like, what is your feeling going forward? Uh, I think this will give a boost to Pete, to Mayor Pete. I don't, th- I don't think it'll have as much of a boost as mm-hmm. he would have gotten from last night. I think this is yep. bad news for Biden, but I think he gets to take a mulligan on this because it's not going to be as bad for him because he didn't lose last night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think. Uh, Depending on how great you did or how awful you did, the the impact is going to be lessened by the fact that we had to wait a day and there yep. were the big the big problems. Yeah, yeah. I also think we knew Buttigieg was going to do well in that state, whereas Bernie is just like super solid pretty much across the board. I don't think there's going to be states? too much volatility with Bernie's standings. Yeah, well, but- Bernie's going to win New Hampshire, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas Buttigieg is going to be like straight up like at the bottom in some other states. Uh, yeah, in some yeah. states, could yeah. Could be, at least. And, and we don't know. I mean, there could be a lot of people. I mean, this field is pretty wide open. A lot of people haven't made their minds up. Yeah. I don't think the Iowa caucuses are going to really push anybody who was mm-hmm. undecided to to go for, for Mayor Pete mm-hmm. unless they were already sort of leaning that way. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it's going to be hard to tell because yeah. there's just so many wrenches thrown into this with, with the, the results being delayed. And, totally. And I mean, it's just and then we've got Bloomberg late, late entry, not coming into South Carolina. Mm-hmm. We've got Steyer, uh, who just barely made it in under the wire. Yeah. The wire Steyer. I and- really like Tom <laughs> Steyer, actually, like as a person. I do. I think he's right. <laughs> I appreciate what he's trying to do. Yeah. I, I just don't um, I just don't like people buying their way no. into onto the debate stage or into mm-hmm. into state primaries. He's like a misguided little puppy. I just want like don't spend your money on this. Spend your money on better things. Tom. I want them to take their money. I want Steyer and Bloomberg to take their money and just put it all into the mm-hmm. into the DNC. And I know people don't like the DNC, but that's what funds all the candidates. So yeah, um, cool. I uh, I don't think this is a catastrophe though. I don't think it's like the media is spinning it like oh my god the world is over. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I think it's a gift. Uh, I've never thought Iowa should go first. They don't look like the rest of the country demographically. Don't get me wrong. I love Iowa. I love Iowans. Uh, but this, I think, has shined a bright light on the fact that our entire country needs a voting system overhaul. Mm-hmm. Or it, at least let's look at the first early states and maybe get a more get a state that m- represents more the 12 percent black voter block in the country where they only have three percent there, for example. Yeah. That's a huge problem Mm -hmm. uh especially with going first and having i think i think super tuesday should be first and Mm -hmm. uh, you know but hey there's it's not a debate you could ever win with anyone right Mm -hmm. who to what states go Mm -hmm. where and who should go first and who shouldn't go first there are pros and cons to each you have 50 uh, states. You can disagree about this. And then <laughs> Iowa has, yeah, it's like, I mean, the <laughs> EU trying to get anything done. You only got how many countries? So <laughs> it's, um, you know, I could, I could say one thing and mm-hmm. there'll be 10 really good, solid counter arguments to it. Uh, but I, I, at the, I, at the very least, I think this will shine a light on is this, is Iowa the best idea, you yeah. know? Yeah. I do just find myself banging my head against the wall with another system of representation that's not based on the popular vote. It's just the electoral college and the delegates and the super delegates. 
those notions are very hard for me to wrap my head around increasingly. And I know that there's arguments, like you said, on both sides, but it's just like, especially based on the voting efficacy that I think citizens really ultimately feel right now in these times, there's Mm -hmm. not a lot of faith in this institution of fucking voting. Well, there's probably a ton of voters out there who think that it is one person, one vote, and Mm -hmm. and it's simply not, or that think we are a democracy and we are not. Uh, And I think that while I disagree with uh, the the concept of an electoral college mm-hmm. and the and the delegates and all that other, I'm glad they got rid of the super delegates. But uh, they're trying to bring them it, back. Is I that heard. across the board though? No more super delegates. Well, the Republicans never had them. Okay. Yeah, but de- the Democrats obviously did. Yes. Yeah. And uh, apparently they got rid of them. And hmm. but now they're trying to bring them back. But that delegate system, that Democratic Republic system, is baked right into the fucking constitution mm-hmm. and you're going to have to get 38 states to ratify a change to that so right. i mm-hmm. don't see there being a change in that so we really just have to show up in numbers too big and mm-hmm. and that's really sort of our only thing but it, it is it's a, it's an odd concept the way that we decide it's mm-hmm. like uh, yes. when veterans go to get their compensation for disability and the way that they do the math there because I'm 10% disabled for one foot, 10% for the other foot, 10% for something called tinea versicolor, and then 70% for my PTS. And you think 70 plus 10 plus 10 plus 10 is 100. You think I'd be 100% disabled. No, I am 80% disabled because there's some weird math equation, and I think they use a superdelegate system to figure <laughs> it out. Um, and then finally, could we not choose to call our voting results app the shadow app? Like, could we pick something else? Maybe fraud guarantee, <laughs> essential consulting, God. anything else would be shit. Yeah. You or know, like hope. I don't know. Something right? happy and positive. Something less yeah. sketchy. Yes. Yeah. It's all Transparent. just been such a feeling See? of. Yeah. Anything <laughs> like voter fairness or you know voting rights app voice of the people there great app the vop app voice of the people app you know the overwhelming feeling i have right now is a because we had no like breakout star from iowa like i know pete won but at the same time i don't feel like this was like fairy dust for his campaign necessarily just because of the polling for other states bernie also didn't like crush it like some people thought he would so i just feel like when you flip an omelet and then you fuck it up you know what I mean? That's how I feel. Between the like trash fire of the results and then no one really winning, I was like, we were like, oh, here we go. Let's go. And then, oh. Yeah. I'm just like, fuck, fuck Iowa. Fuck that shit. Let's move on to the next one. I'm just ready for it to keep going. I know. It's we'll like sometimes ahead. when you're at home and you're like, should I go out? I feel like I should go out. I feel like, you know, FOMO. And you're like, all right. So you get up and go out and you get there and you're like, this is dumb as fuck. Why did I even, this is stupid. Why did I get excited for nothing? Ugh, this is a, this is a broken omelet. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see what else happened today. During his Senate floor speech uh, Tuesday, Rand Paul, Ayn Rand Paul, Republican from Kentucky, repeatedly spoke the name of the alleged whistleblower Troll. in the Ukraine case while displaying a poster next to him with the name emblazoned on it. Uh, and he did this by reading aloud his impeachment question that Chief Justice John Roberts refused to read aloud during the question portion of the trial. Rand Paul also said he wasn't accusing anyone of being the whistleblower because he doesn't know who the real whistleblower is. I just think you should know this one person. What? And then after his speech, Manu Raju, political uh, liberal hack that he is, (laughs) according to Martha McSally, uh, from CNN, asked him, hey, why did you single out the alleged whistleblower? And he goes, I would I would say the chief justice did that by not allowing the question. He's sort of confirming to the public who it was. I have no idea who the whistleblower is, so it's not me. So not only did he name the whistleblower, but he blamed Chief Justice Roberts for the outing of the whistleblower that came out of his mouth. So it's like a weird ventriloquism act. Uh, And so many are asking why he's not been arrested or charged or something or stopped. I was thinking a lightning bolt. 
Yeah, lightning bolt. <laughs> uh, Chief Justice Robert's hand. <laughs> he should have that power. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big trident situation. Yeah, I was just going to say trident. <laughs> yeah. Chief Justice gets Not one. Not here. Not in this chamber. <laughs> None shall pass. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so yeah that'd be great if you could select like a superpower but the reason is is because of the speech and debate clause and and that is the clause that says if you you it protects senators from criminal liability when you're speaking on the senate floor being Mm -hmm. a senator Hmm. so you want them to speak freely and whatnot yes so like for example um Rand paul could go up there and say that i am 68 years old and i couldn't sue him for defamation right. because he's protected by speech and debate clause right uh and senator Joni ernst is now walking back her comments about impeaching joe biden if he were to win the presidency she hmm. spoke to reporters just outside the well of the senate saying her remarks were overblown and she wasn't trying to argue that Demo- she no she was trying to argue that democrats have made impeachment the new normal um, that was the quote that was taken into how many impeachments have the Democrats had in the last hundred years? I mean, let's say, uh, so and she says, quote, that was taken entirely out of context. The point is that Democrats lower the bar so far, regardless of who it is. If you have a different party in the house than the elected president, you can just have random comments thrown out there with folks saying, we're just going to impeach them. Uh, unquote. That's what she sounded like to me. <laughs> These comments uh, came after her weekend comments that Joe Biden should be careful what he's asking for by pushing for Trump's conviction because, you know, he'll they'll impeach him. And no surprise here. Susan Collins is voting to acquit as well. She got up a speech today and was like, well, Trump, Trump has learned his lesson. So I think he's OK and I'll just vote to acquit. <laughs> um, that's that's a weird impression. Uh, <laughs> somewhere between Catherine Hepburn and I don't know some Rachel Dratch character on Saturday Night Live that hasn't been invented yet. Uh, Is so, she the one who does? Um, uh, Debbie what? Downer. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Exactly. That's amazing. <laughs> so, well, I just think he's learned his lesson. Did oh, you see her in the Super Bowl commercial? <laughs> They're doing the, the Boston accent. It's a park by itself, and they didn't say Harvard Yard once. No, they didn't. It was Smart Park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad because I was waiting oh. for. Her. Oh, they're going to do Harvard Yard. Yeah. Nope, nope. Did you pay it down by the docks? Oh, my God. She's, she's so funny. I love her in uh, 30 Rock, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's one of my favorite shows when I was younger. It's mm-hmm. so good. I'm going to start it up again mm-hmm. on Netflix here soon. And in other news, uh, top Navy SEAL is resigning following the controversial court-martial of Eddie Gallagher over disagreements with Trump over the matter. Rear Admiral Colin Green responsible for the Navy's Special Operations Forces, will step down in September because he's the one who moved to withdraw Gallagher's seal pin. He's the one who ordered the peer evaluation last November and because uh, Gallagher was demoted and charged with war crimes, including the murder of an ISIS prisoner of war and the shooting of two people in Iraq. He ended up being found guilty for just posing with a corpse. Uh, and Trump intervened in the judicial system, freeing Gallagher from uh, pre-trial detention and then restoring his rank after the conviction, and then trying to strip medals from those who tried to prosecute him. Uh, and that incident also led to the resignation of Secretary of the Navy Richard Spencer, if you remember. He's like, bullshit. And he wrote a letter uh-huh. and he's like, this isn't what the Navy's about. This isn't what the military's about. You don't understand, uh, Trump. And so... Now this guy uh, is going to resign to Colin Green, uh, Rear Admiral. And and he, like I said, he's the one who wanted to do that peer review that uh-huh. Trump stopped. Yeah. Oh, that must be so hard to be yeah. active duty right now. It's My heart goes out to all of you. To Thank you. Lose. And sorry. Thank sorry, you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, it's such a shame to keep losing so many great people because they don't want to be part of Trump's government. Right. Yeah. And he actually said, um, this rear admiral, he's like, look, we don't protest. We don't speak out. We mm-hmm. just resign. Yeah. That's yeah. what we well, do. And I know that, like, you know, sometimes the armed forces can get a rep, you know, reputation for being warmongers, right? Yeah. Or Republican or conservative. Exactly. Or, yeah. And mm-hmm. that's just not. That's not the case, you know, for everybody. Some people, like Eddie Gallagher, I would say, that is the case. Yeah. There are people mm-hmm. who want to take barbaric pictures with a person you just murdered. Mm-hmm. Yes, but that's not most of the people, as is demonstrated by this reaction, because there's a level of dignity that so many of veterans and active duty members obviously feel and is yeah. required and it's very rare you get to the rank of general or admiral and 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 be a complete like criminal asshole yeah. unless your name is michael flynn yeah. <laughs> uh we'll be right back with an update on jolo and one mdb what and masturbating lawyers so stick around after these messages we'll be right back Hey everybody, it's AG and it's 2020 and it's time to hit Control-Alt-Delete and start fresh. To help control expenses and get your house in order, join American Home Shield. They can be a big help when stuff starts breaking down in your house. What kind of stuff? Like refrigerators, ovens, heating and air conditioning, plumbing, electrical systems, washers and dryers. Stuff insurance doesn't cover. Stuff you don't want to mess with or go broke trying to get fixed or you just have to buy a whole new thing. So now's a great time to sign up. Our listeners get $50 off any plan. Just go to ahs.com slash dailybeans. If American Home Shield can't repair a covered item, they'll replace it uh, or offer an alternative solution. As the nation's largest provider, they've paid more in-home warranty claims that have added up to more than $2 billion in the past five years. America's most preferred home warranty with more than 1.8 million customers. Coverage for up to 21 home systems and appliances, plus unlimited electronics coverage for tablets and flat screens and TVs and more. So you ever get those black lines of death on your plasma TV because, you know, it's 1996. They'll fix it. Uh, I'm a little old school with my plasma. American Home Shield has a nationwide network of more than 15,000 licensed professional contractors so they can find the right pro in your area to fix your problem. No inspections needed, no proof of maintenance required, coverage is available no matter how old your system or appliance is, and they have plans and pricing to fit every budget. Stuff is constantly breaking down in my house and the hassle of doing home repairs can be frustrating. It's time-consuming and expensive. So help protect your home and plan for the cost of unexpected repairs. Go to ahs.com slash dailybeans today to save $50 and start protecting your home and budget from inevitable breakdowns. ahs.com slash dailybeans. That's ahs.com slash dailybeans for $50 off any plan. American Home Shield, be sure with the shield. Limitations and exclusions apply. See plan for details. Okay, everybody, welcome back. So remember the fourth guy starring in the Parnas and Freeman show? Hmm. Many have forgotten there was even a third guy uh, indicted among those. That was Korea. But there was a fourth guy named Kukushkin, a businessman facing federal charges over an alleged plot to trade political donations for helping obtain marijuana licenses around the country. So big pot. Um, well, Politico's Natasha Bertrand has an exclusive out today in Politico that was working on uh, that he was working on a medical cannabis research deal with the Department of Veterans Affairs just weeks before he was arrested and indicted. Kukushkin is a Ukrainian born cannabis investor whose projects and donations were allegedly illegally funded by a Russian national. No. Uh, and according to Natasha Bertrand, he was about to partner with the San Francisco Veterans Affairs Medical Center in September. Uh, on a five-year research and development agreement to study cannabis therapies for cancer. Uh, Politico got its hands on the proposal, which was set to begin January 15th, with a budget of around $650,000 a year, but it appears it was scrapped after Kukushkin was indicted for campaign finance violations. Um, So, 
The Politico report is the first public report about the cooperative research and development agreement between VA and Kukushkin's company called Oasis LLC. How original. And uh, the national security experts say the agreement raises red flags, first of all, because of the access Kukushkin and his Russian funder would have had to government scientists, including one at the Pentagon. A spokesperson for the San Francisco VA has said the VA healthcare system does not have a relationship with the group in question. But Politico has emails from a top researcher at the facility to Kukushkin saying he was looking forward to working on the project. But it's still unclear where the cannabis extract for the research would come from. That wasn't in the proposal. And the government keeps a stockpile on hand at UMIS. And that's supposed to be the only source for FDA-approved tests federally for cannabis. But the agreement doesn't mention UMIS. The agreement doesn't mention UMIS at all. Politico says there are signs Kukushkin intended to grow it himself. No. (laughs) And he had submitted a plan to the Alameda uh, County Board of Zoning to build a greenhouse with 22,000 square foot cannabis canopy. So, yeah, I'm sure he was just going to get it from UMIS. Um, This is really surprising to anyone familiar with VA cannabis research, because as far as we knew, researchers were barred from studying marijuana because Mm -hmm. of federal drug Mm -hmm. laws. Russian funding raises the prospect of an intelligence operation, meaning Russia might have been trying to get its claws into the burgeoning pot industry by trying to interact with high value targets. That's my guess, too. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Chill story. Fun, (laughs) Fun story about Russians trying to infiltrate the, um, you know, big pot. Yeah. It's harder for me to be mad about that one. <laughs> Just By, kidding. Uh, <laughs> trying to partner with an individual Department of Veterans Affairs. And you, yeah. there's no way that um, the Secretary of the VA uh, couldn't have known about that. Mm. It's nothing sacred. No. I know. That is, is the really sad part about, like you said, big pot. It's mm-hmm. going to be a thing. It's yeah. Like big Already tobacco. It's going to be big pot. It's also yeah. a bummer. It's going to be gross and it's going to have yeah. poison in it. And mm-hmm. It's going to have Monsanto shit all over it. Yes. And it's going to be gross. Ugh. Well, I'm hoping it's kind of funny, actually. I was thinking about this recently. And um, marijuana was also recently legalized in my home country of Canada. And while I'm generally much more socialist in a lot of ways, when it comes to the sale of marijuana, I actually feel way more capitalist mm-hmm. because in Canada, the government has taken over control of sale of it, of, of the sales of it, and you have to buy it in a government-run facility. It's not capitalist, though. That's more state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm, well, I'm saying like in Canada, you have to get your weed at the government-run weed right. store. Right. And a and capitalist, like would, yeah. capitalist would be big pot what's going to happen here in the United States. Well, well. But that being said, because consumers have more control, like there's there's more consumer control here in certain ways. So people are going to demand their artisan, organic, like nice weed. That is what they want, especially mm-hmm. here in California. Grass fed grass. Sure. Yeah. Well, state run liquor stores do have really nice wine selections. So, <laughs> and they yeah. do, have do carry they have, craft yeah. beers. Do they so, have those yeah. in Utah? Yeah, they do, that's, right. Yeah, that's what you were saying. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's so just funny. on my mind. It's kept a black market like really alive and well in Canada because you can, you're only legally allowed to buy weed from these government-run places. Same as a lot of provinces. You can get in Canada, that mecky shape to... that's full of lumber and seeds. Yeah, like shitty stuff, you know. <laughs> and so, um, and same with alcohol. You you can you can't like at a lot of places in Canada you can't buy wine at a grocery store. It just says mm-hmm. vodka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a bottle of your finest Bob's vodka, please. But I do hope that they. Uh, Sorry, random tangent. I hope I hope that they expunge more records of people with marijuana-related um, oh, things on their record. And I hope that they encourage and allow more people of color into this industry because um, we have a lot of like work to do to make, to, to make it right. Well, what I'm hoping is that, that there are government regulations that will make sure that that happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. They don't... Oh, God. Yeah. We could do a whole yeah, podcast. That's a whole other <laughs> podcast. About they don't, want, they the don't want it. They only, they only want it if they can profit off of it. Uh-huh. If they wanted it to be done 
truly, then it would, first off, wreck the whole pharmaceutical industry in so many ways. It is, I think so. Pot is such an incredible substance it really is yeah I for mean, mental health i mean we've had medical marijuana here for a really long time yeah. and, mm-hmm. and it's been legal for like medicinal purposes mm-hmm. not federally obviously mm-hmm. uh and I, I don't think it's crushed the pharmaceutical company like the pharmaceutical companies say it will right like right. ooh, the whole world's gonna collapse i guess that's what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um they we will their own fears yeah or whatever totally. fears they're putting out there that, what I'm saying is they'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure they'll find a way around it to keep screwing everyone over. Plenty of heartburn still, you know, <laughs> yeah. lots of stuff. People have gout and, you know, it's yeah. going to be some things. But I just think about it like um, I've had therapists in the past who have recommended it to me instead of drugs. Like they'd rather mm-hmm. recommend that someone, I mean, they already knew that I smoked it anyway, but they were like, <laughs> try doing it in a more intentional way, you know, and like using it as like an augmentation to your therapy, just like, you know, you would with whatever yeah Adderall and the reason the VA should study it is because Mm -hmm. we need to know like you can't just oh you have anxiety smoke weed it has to be you know what don't don't do the sativa do a hybrid and do it at night and Mm -hmm. have some tea you know Mm -hmm. there's other things to Mm -hmm. go along with it doses but the VA would just be like kind of like your state-run cannabis in Canada, they'd be like, here is your bag of green stuff. And, <laughs> yeah. and it would be nothing, you know. Yeah. I'm, be, like, like, I'm like, we be, got it at you, miss. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. You know, that's not, wait, that's that's kind of what I'm saying. Is like, and it's not the shit from Half-Baked either. Mm-hmm. It's, not the, <laughs> <laughs> it's not the good shit, I guarantee you. <laughs> yeah, when you're forced to like only get a, this, only get your medicine from like one like government, I don't know. It, it, I feel like a lot of the stuff that you can buy in Canada, not that I ingest. So I'm it's like immigrant. Medicare for all, but also <laughs> have the private stuff available yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and i and i think that actually it deserves to be studied especially for veterans especially for people with trauma especially for people with ptsd and they deserve that information 100 percent, but not russian funded no exactly agreed by a guy who was just indicted for campaign yeah, exactly. finance violations. <laughs> let americans take a take advantage of americans all right uh, <laughs> we've got that covered yeah we keep that in-house <laughs> we don't outsource our, our, our fuckery yeah no outsourcing your exploit- exploitation keep it in the family all right so here's my favorite story from NBC News, Pierce, Bainbridge, Beck, Price, and Hecht, the law firm representing Kaludi Rudy in the Ukraine clown posse affair, is in a court battle with a former partner that has filed allegations of financial misconduct uh, because they were fired for sexual assault and office masturbation. Okay, so apparently the firm is facing an exodus of lawyers as the litigation stretches on. The two lawyers defending Giuliani, named Eric Kreisman and Melissa Madrigal, have also left the firm. According to NBC, they spent their last day there on Friday, and they're moving to a new firm called Armstrong Teasdale. Rudy has decided to stay with the jerk-off firm, though, uh, and Tom Warren and Tom Frangillo from Pierce, Bainbridge, Beck, Price, and Hecht have said they will continue to represent Rudy personally. So the legal saga started last May when an ousted partner named Donald Lewis filed a 96-page complaint alleging they wrongfully fired him on the basis of a fake sex abuse scandal after he raised concerns about financial mismanagement at the firm. And get this, Lewis came to Pierce, Bainbridge, Beck, Price, and Hecht after leaving Skadden, Arp, Slate, Mager, and Flom. Mm. He says he, w- he was retaliated against when he learned that one of the partners was misusing money lent to the firm. 
I'm like, is this the NRA? So the alleged sex abuse by Lewis took place in July 2018 when a female employee alleged he she witnessed him masturbating in a glass enclosed office. And when he saw her, he walked over to her with his pants down and groped her while continuing to masturbate. Oh, gross. Lewis was placed on administrative leave, and then they fired him when he violated terms of the leave because he defamed and disparaged the firm and revealed sensitive information about the alleged victim. The firm sued him, he sued back again, and then they filed dueling motions up until the arrest of Parnas and Fruman in connection with their client, Kaludi Rudy. God. Gross. Mm. Very believable. Yep. That is disgusting. <clears throat> and uh, finally, remember Jolo? Yeah. And 1MDB, that's the billions missing from Malaysia that was laundered by Jolo using the Wolf of Wall Street movie, among other things. <laughs> uh, and he gave a Picasso to DiCaprio uh-huh. and had to give it back. Well, Goldman Sachs is getting ready to plead guilty and pay a huge fine, like the biggest fine ever. But apparently, Bill Barr and Brian Benchkowski are still overseeing the case. And they're conflicted because they both used to work for Kirkland Ellis, a law firm that used to rep Goldman Sachs. And now it looks like Goldman Sachs will be getting a much smaller fine. Uh, of $2 billion instead of $9 billion. And in order to stay on the case, Barr had to get an ethics waiver. And as we know, Benchkowski recently got a mystery ethics waiver for something super secret uh, with an addendum that was under seal. I had beans on it, Goldman Sachs, and because of Kirkland Ellis, and that's probably what it is, as both are directly immersed in the 1MDB case. Is there anything we can do? Probably not. <laughs> All right, Joe <laughs> Did you see Jello at the halftime show though? <laughs> really amazing. Super hot. Really, really amazing. Super hot. Shaking yes. that Malaysian booty. <laughs> All right, we have more news right after this break. For ad free episodes of The Daily Beans, please become a patron at patreon.com slash the daily beans. Stay with us. Hey everybody, this episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by Upstart. Uh, most of us have found out the hard way. Getting into debt is easy. Getting out of debt is hard, especially if your credit score isn't great. Thankfully, now there's Upstart.com, the revolutionary lending platform that knows you're more than just your credit score, and they offer smarter interest rates to help you pay off high-interest credit card debt. Um, practically every comedian I know could use some financial help from time to time. They go beyond the traditional credit score at Upstart. Uh, they don't really tell like access your jokes. Like They don't really decide how funny you are, but they don't just use your credit score when they assess your credit worthiness. They actually reward you based on your education and your job history, uh, and they do that in the form of a smarter rate. Upstart believes you're more than just a number. They believe in you. They make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate. It's a soft pull. It won't affect your credit score. And the best part is that once the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the next business day. Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off high credit card debts to meet their financial goals. You can free yourself from your burden of high-interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one low monthly payment with Upstart. So see why Upstart is ranked number one in their category. They have over 300 businesses on Trustpilot that have done that. And hurry to upstart.com slash dailybeans and find out how low, Jolo, your Upstart rate is. Uh, Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash dailybeans. Once again, upstart.com slash dailybeans. You'll be glad you did. All right, everybody, welcome back. We have uh, three more pleasant stories. Jordan? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately, not too pleasant. Yeah. You're like, thanks. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the National Archives are back in the news again. Thanks to a really good opinion piece in the New York Times. Uh, The piece was made to remind us, I think, of the shitty history that's happened recently that the National Archives has had uh, poorly documenting some major facets of our nation's modern history. One of the most egregious offenses, the author reminds us, came to light in 2017 when we learned that archivists, archivists, 
I like archivists. Archivists? Hmm. Hmm. Aardvarks. Aardvarksivists. <laughs> uh, they study and and uh, take pictures of aardvarks. Yes. But uh, but but in 2017, it At came the to National light. National aardvarks. National aardvarks, yes. Um, what is an aardvark? <laughs> it's like an anteater. Ah, brilliant. Anyways, so back in 2017, uh, we learned that brilliant. Yes, that that archivists uh, they agreed to letting ICE delete and destroy documents that detail the sexual abuse and deaths of detained immigrants. After public outcry, obviously there was a lot. Um, the National Archives said they'd make some changes to their plan, but now, just last month, they announced that ICE could start destroying the records documenting complaints from migrants related to civil rights violations and inadequate medical care. They've also allowed the deletion of records on endangered species, offshore drilling inspections, and drinking water safety. Um, apparently they won't be of interest to historians is the reason why it's okay to just delete those, I guess. And the state department plans to cut the archivists out. I think it's archivists. I think both are correct. Perfect. I'm so sorry. Like harassment or harassment. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, but, but the state department plans to cut them out of the decision-making process as to what is and isn't considered historic. And they're going to switch over to AI technology, that's going to be making the call between what pieces of information are considered historic and what's considered temporary. And, and if it's temporary, a programming for that app is going to be done by Shadow. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't even I didn't even really think about this, and I'm glad glad that this piece was written and that we're we're needing to think more and more about this because since we're in like such a historically crazy time, right? Mm-hmm. There's the question of how how do we document it? How do we make sure that things get documented correctly? And right here, continuously, that is not a job that is being done well, I don't mm. think. And yeah. they're considering things to be temporary cuz I don't know for I don't know what their metrics are. I guess it's basically they have to predict what historians are going to care about in the future. And that's like how do you first off how do you set those? How do you, that's just that's just a hard job to do. I understand that they have to do it, but how does a computer, like, how is a computer going to be a better judge of that than actual humans? Especially if you've seen those things where you you know I I fed a computer, I made a computer watch mm-hmm. eight hundred episodes of Friends, and then they wrote their own episodes of right. Friends. Right. Yeah, that's what it would end up looking like. Yeah, and, yeah, it's machine learning stuff. And why would you do that now? And then also, and I honestly, I think the heroes again of archival history are going to be the journalists like the mm-hmm. the post and the times and then well, maybe not the time uh politico atlantic yeah. and then these foia requests put out by journalists i Definitely. think i think that i am when i look back on this time i am going to be thanking journalists for mm-hmm. archiving history mm-hmm. uh and not 100 percent the, the 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 agency that my taxpayer dollars mm-hmm. fund to yeah. document history. That's yes. selective history. Right. And then you I mean that doesn't make Trump look good. Exactly. And considering the fact that we now know that Trump himself deletes things and shreds records, that's entirely in violation of an act that makes it so he's not supposed to do that. Yeah. Presidential Records Act. Mm-hmm. This is very scary to me and it's something I wasn't even like aware of at all until this wasn't year honestly. No. So I don't even know. I don't know if I'm like overreacting or no, what. No, I don't think you're overreacting. Yeah. It's pretty it, Orwellian shit. Yes. It just seems very bad. And again, the the concept of lessening, you know, like they don't even accept physical documents anymore because they've just run out of space. So it all has to be digital. Stuff like that, I guess like that makes sense. You know, you have to do something there's so to much lessen room in the Idaho. load, but there's so much room in Idaho. <laughs> 
There's Montana. So much room in a lot of the country. Yeah. How about the whole state of Nevada? There's, 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 there's like, an Iron Mountain. Don't they have mountains with like giant filing cabinets underneath them? Like, <laughs> come on. Where are we storing nuclear energy? There's places for this is what I'm saying. There's yeah. places. Country. The moon. Put it on the moon. Right. I just, yeah, I don't understand, especially as like. It's on the moon in the file under D. <laughs> especially as technology, you know, gets better and we have better amounts, you know, of storage available or ways of storage and. I don't fucking know computer shit, but, you know, they can, like, take larger and larger amounts of data and store it in, like, a tinier way. And you're (laughs) you're exactly right, because, yeah, like, uh, at the Department of Veterans Affairs, when they had to change from paper records to electronic health records, they had, and first of all, at the VA, you have to keep a health record on paper on file for 75 years. Mm -hmm. And so you think of all the millions of veterans there are, compound that over 75 years, and we add interest, and then and then we had to. Well, I'm sorry. People at the VA had to go in and, and scan page by page, yeah. every single uh, record, every X-ray, every MRI, every everything, and they managed to do it. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, it's feasible. Yeah, totally. Um, it seems feasible, and then it also seems like the need to delineate between what's historic and what's temporary is mostly only an issue if you're talking about physical documents. Yeah. Literally being like, we don't have space, but when you're talking about scanning stuff up, you can, I have an app on my phone right now. I can take a picture of something and, and it's stored it. in the cloud. Yeah, mm. it's it's yeah. like, I really don't see we why. We have the space digitally. Right. Yeah. I'm exactly. fine with yeah. you destroying these ice records if you scan them and put them somewhere first. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and the fact that they don't, that that's not something that they would, want to have over time is just bad yeah. um but then next we have some news coming out of susan collins's <laughs> campaign <laughs> I just to say, we got some news coming out of susan collins yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it, it appears that a hawaii-based company might have illegally transferred a fuck ton of money to her campaign the company came to be in november only oh, wait, in november oasis llc <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> um fraud guarantee no essential consult no it's uh actually it's like women I didn't write down. I knew I should have. Oh, it's like it's just some like women for yes, pack. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, Women for families, but caring. Yes, but it was created in November, and then only one month later, donated 150 grand to a pack that was made to help her reelection. And similarly to Jay Sekulow's sham for-profit company that we just covered, this LLC has no website or social media presence whatsoever, and its address is a PO box. Uh, Campaign Legal Center, which is a watchdog group, filed a complaint saying that all of this indicates the company was created for the sole purpose of Mm -hmm. making political contributions. Yeah, and for Mm -hmm. sure funneling it from somewhere not good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's called the Society of Young Women Scientists and Engineers, LLC. Bullshit. I call bullshit. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But of course, the FEC is still effectively useless without a quorum of commissioners, so it can't even take any legal action against anybody. And why is that still a thing, especially right now? Really? (laughs) How are they still just a useless, like, we're at the apex of interference right now, basically, in elections. How How is that not something that's... Yeah, I don't even understand. Like, that's just, that's just dumb. Yeah, that's, a, I, yeah, I, that's so inexcusable to me. And I have no idea, like, whose responsibility it is to get that body functioning again. But we need to start holding people accountable. Trump. Like, yeah. <laughs> is it? Really? Mm. Oh, my God. Anyway. At, so that sucks. Susan yeah. Collins sucks. Um, <laughs> and finally, some bummer economy news. U.S. farm bankruptcy rates went up by 20% in 2019. 
uh, meaning we've hit an eight-year high. These bankruptcies are called family farmer bankruptcies, and it's pretty much what they sound like. Uh, some of the reasons for this increase are the fact that farmers are facing trade battles. Yeah, ooh, yep, tariffs. Yep, trade battles. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, increasing farm From debt. From Obama. <laughs> right. <laughs> increasing farm debt. Uh, prolonged low commodity prices. Uh, crazy weather, and apparently a fatal pig disease that's actually, like, taken out a bunch of China's pig herd. Um, but that's that's kind of, that that's a lot of factors. For- okay, so a lack of regulation, mm-hmm. uh, climate change, mm-hmm. and tariffs. Yep. Okay. Uh, yep. Mm, who are you going to vote for, farmers? Mm. Right? Yeah, right. I know. Uh, nearly one-third of projected U.S. net farm income in 2019 came from government aid and taxpayer subsidies. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to start growing my own food. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, that's according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. So one-third, right? That's that's clearly unsustainable if the situation continues to get worse, which it looks like it's going to. Experts are predicting it will. That's a, Subsidies are a Band-Aid that are not, um, mm-hmm. you know, no match. They're no match, really, against everything that you just said. <laughs> Climate change, not enough. I fucking Trump at the helm. It's just, it's really scary for farmers right now, and that sucks. Yeah. Uh, and you'll love this. Some of the farmers hit worst were Pacific Northwest apple farmers who did not receive much or any of the latest round of trade aid from the hmm. Trump administration. Wait, blue states? Mm. Didn't get aid from the mm-hmm. Trump administration? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. <laughs> so that's sad. All right. Sorry about that shitty news block. Uh, but now you are informed. Yes. Do you feel powerful with all your information? And, yeah. Listeners? And you can talk to people, you know, with proof. Proof yeah. that mm-hmm. Trump is not helping farmers. Yep. You have citations. Yeah. Take that information and shove it in your primaries. Mm. <laughs> shove it in your <laughs> primaries. Put it in your primaries and smoke it. <laughs> yep. Talk to your farmer friends. Spread the news. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I need to write a song. <laughs> all right. We'll be right back with some good news. So stay with us. Hey, everybody, this episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by Third Love. I'm obsessed with Third Love. If you know me, you know this. All the bras I have now are Third Love. Uh, I have nothing else. They design the most comfortable bras ever. They're tailored to perfectly fit your individual body and breast shape. I was able to find my perfect fit in just a couple of minutes by taking their online Fit Finder quiz, which is so easy and fast and wonderful. They use data from millions of women who have taken the quiz, and they take into account both cup size and breast shape to find the perfect bra for you. Many women and those who identify as women, including my fall in between cup sizes, which makes it difficult to find the right fit. But Third Love has over 80 bra sizes, including their signature half cup sizes, so I was able to find the perfect fit just for me. Every Third Love bra is made with lightweight, super thin memory foam cups. They are proprietary to Third Love. They mold to your shape. They're so comfy. Uh, No slip straps. They don't dig. Uh, No cup spillage. Smooth, scratch-free bands, and they're really supportive and, and soft, and there's no label, so there's no itchiness. And they're all designed for ultimate comfort. And Third Love's team of expert Fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit, and they're available to help via chat or email whenever you need them. Not like Becky, who chases you around this bra store with a tape measure. And for Third Love's perfect fit promise, this is awesome. You have 60 days to try it, wash it, wear it. If you don't love it, if it's not your perfect fit, returns and exchanges are free and easy. And best of all, they will donate any gently and all gently used bras to people in need. So far, Third Love has donated over $15 million in bras. Third Love knows there's a perfect fit for everyone, so right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. So go to thirdlove.com slash dailybeans uh, and you can find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase that's thirdlove t-h-i-r-d-l-o-v-e dot com slash dailybeans for 15% off today
All right, here's the good news from The Intercept today. A federal judge in Tucson has reversed the conviction of four humanitarian aid volunteers on religious freedom grounds, ruling that the government had embraced gruesome logic by criminalizing interfering with border enforcement strategy of deterrence by death. Uh, judge Rosemary Marquez issued the... the Um, reversal, making it the latest rebuke of the Trump administration's crackdown on humanitarian aid providers at the border. And this is the second time the religious freedom defense has prevailed in the last few months. Uh, The defendants were leaving food and water uh, in the summer of 2017 in Tucson for migrants passing in in the summer Mm -hmm. heat. And they were fined and charged and arrested and and Mm -hmm. all this other shit. And and the judge is like, no, overturning their conviction. This is bullshit. Um, I love that. I love it, too. And Mm -hmm. you know this is a Stephen Miller joint. So, yeah, there's a lot of amazing activists in San Diego that do the same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just love the I love the her quote. uh, The government had embraced gruesome logic by criminalize criminalizing interfering with a border enforcement strategy of deterrence by death. Yeah. That's what it is. Barbaric. It's so sad. So she she overturned their convictions and hopefully there will be more. This is the second one in a couple months. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ohio House Speaker Larry Householder. (laughs) It's a good name for a house speaker. Uh, called from, That's such a dad joke, too. Larry Householder, house speaker. How are you doing? Uh, I could just see the campaign ads write themselves. So he called for reviving committee hearings on a bill allowing victims of former Ohio State physician Richard Strauss to sue the university Monday morning. And by the afternoon, the House Civil Justice Committee had included a hearing on the bill in committee on Tuesday. The bill, sponsored by State Rep. Brett Hillier, would waive the statute of limitations for Strauss victims from Ohio State University to take legal action against the university. The current statute of limitations, uh, which is, you know, the window of time frame for filing a lawsuit in Ohio for civil sexual assault, is two years. Ohio State's latest count, according to a university press release, includes nearly 1,500 instances of Strauss-related abuse. Strauss uh, has died by suicide in 2017. Uh, This is, by the way, the abuse that Jim Jordan allowed to occur. Mm -hmm. So he might come back into the spotlight. Um, 1,500 instances. Two-year statute of limitation on civil sexual abuse? That doesn't seem very long. No, I mean, especially if it's if it's children and like, oh, well, well I was nine. Well, you have until you're 11 to figure it out. Like, right. what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, so good news there. Time for a little schadenfreude. schadenfreude. The Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, who are currently the captains of schadenfreude this week, <laughs> uh, have filed a complaint against Jared Kushner for Hatch Act violations because during his interview Sunday with Fareed Zakaria on GPS, he advocated on behalf of the Trump campaign while appearing in his official government capacity on behalf of the Trump administration. Even I know you can't do that, Jared, and I didn't write a Middle East peace plan, so suck on that. Uh, let's get social. Hashtag. All right, hashtag today is hashtag SOTU, SOTU, State of the Union. Tonight, I will watch for you so you don't have to sit through that shit and help his ratings. But of note, the White House is excluding CNN anchors from the annual pre SOTU luncheon. Wolf Blitzer has been attending for the last 20 years, longer than almost any other anchor. Um, as we know, Trump shits on the press. This whole administration does. Pompeo kicked NPR off the plane. Uh, in the last trip, <laughs> I just imagine them shoving them out the <laughs> head nope. into the sky. Got a parachute. Mary Louise Woo! Kelly. Uh, I think it was <laughs> yes. I think it was Michelle Kellerman. But yes, yes, yes. Uh, same. He treated her like a piece of shit, yes. and then told everybody across, like overseas, like I did the right thing for the press when I did that. Um, he Trump excluded Bloomberg from an event recently uh, because he went Bloomberg News, Bloomberg running, and now this all after proposing a state-run media company. 
last year, Trump did, and ignoring his Magnitsky Act obligations following the murder of Jamal Khashoggi from the Washington Post. And it should it should be clear what's happening here. This and with the archives, National Archives and with the Library of Congress, uh, it's it and NOAA. Uh, we aren't on our way to Orwellian hellscapes. We're in it. Like, mm-hmm. we're in it now. Uh, it Baby steps, mm-hmm. boiling frog, whatever mm-hmm. you want to say, we're fucking in it. Therefore, also trending is hashtag boycott state of union. There's no the in there. That's what's <laughs> trending. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag boycott state of union. It's like a, it's like a Tonto Tarzan. It was too long. Yeah. Boycott <laughs> yeah. state of union. Yeah. Uh, which I recommend we all do. Like I said, I'll watch it for everyone. I'll tell you what happens. Uh, during beans tomorrow it's gonna be awful Mm -hmm. did you see that aoc is boycotting it yeah and so is maxine waters Mm -hmm. and so is al green i've been seeing tweets and retweeting all day i'm not going Mm -hmm. Um, so i'm really happy about that i am too and i've only seen i hope i wish they would show up and just walk out though yeah yeah i saw one person express discontent at that they're like you're my rep stay in the room and be like a dissenting voice or whatever Mm -hmm. it's like they don't get to talk they have to just sit there and then yeah, it's basically like using their person essentially. Yeah, by you, them you being can in the room. You can clap or not clap. Right. Stand up and clap, or sit down and clap, or not clap. That's uh, how. That's yeah. your voice. How good is it though? With like, because Pelosi's in the background, right? Yeah, she's the one with the. She yes. always had the you know the, oh, the fuck you clap. So good. <laughs> which we have a candle of. Somebody made us a candle. Yeah. Uh, with Nancy doing that clap on it, and uh, I'm so hoping good. she's wearing her orange balls necklace tonight. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, probably huh. not though, because he's going to get acquitted tomorrow. How awkward though! God. What a fucking awkward state of the union. It's <laughs> he's going to rail on the Iowa caucuses. He's yep. been advised not to mention the impeachment. Yeah. Oh, okay. of course. Uh, what do you guys think? How many minutes? In? So there used to be this <laughs> game on Loveline called Aces Ranchero Mexican Accordion Countdown, where they would play uh, some music, and you had to guess within the number of seconds without going over when the accordion would start. Um, so I want to do this with the State of the Union. Uh, I and I'll I'll write down when he brings up impeachment. How many minutes into the State of the Union? Because you know he's going to give like an eighty or ninety minuter. I'm going to do a hail mary. Uh, I think his opening line is going to be, "I'm still here." <laughs> I think that's that so, sort of like a roundabout God. impeachment. <laughs> yes. Thing. Yes. All right. You so have to press me. Opening statement. Opening opening statement. <laughs> Jordan, opening. You're trying to shake me still out. Here. Oh, you think that's going to be his opening statement? I'm still here. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I, oh, I don't know what he's gonna say. Yeah, I feel like he's gonna. He'll probably try to be like. I feel like he's gonna be like, I'm still standing. Blah 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 blah. And then he's like you said, he's gonna rail on the Iowa caucuses and be like, the do nothing Democrats can't even hold a caucus, and it's just gonna be a shit show. I'm gonna say minute nine. I'm gonna say it's either <laughs> gonna be right before he says the State of the Union is strong, or right after he says the State of the Union is strong, because they, they they always have this way where they're like. The economy is this. Uh-huh. Everyone, ladies, gentlemen, the press, soldiers, and you guys in the black robes, everybody, hey. And then they go in and say, hey, we've got this, and I've done this, and I've done that, and I've done this, and this is better, and this is mm-hmm. great, and look what I did, and look what I did. And therefore, the State of the Union is strong. And they usually get to the State of the Union is strong within the first 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to say minute nine. The State of the Union is strong. <laughs> uh, minute nine. Let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with like he's I think he's gonna jump right in there. I think it's I'm gonna put like minute four. Minute four. Yeah. All right, minute four. I also and so I've been thinking this the whole time we were talking about this. It is so sad to me that I'm sitting here trying to find some amount of joy and I'm thinking I wonder how many times he'll sniffle. I can laugh at that. <laughs> oh, there'll be plenty. I know that you know that uh, Trevor Noah and Jimmy Kimmel put together some sort of yeah. some sort of you know like that makes me hate myself. The fact that montage. I like need to have that. 
as like a as like a as like a comfort blanket. Well, to if be like, I was if I were speaker of the house, <laughs> I would idiot. have my menopause fan with me, and oh. then oops, it would just blow his hair over. God. <laughs> yeah, that would just be my. Just... I'm very petty though. I'm very petty. That's why you should never vote for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I, I think it'll be pretty quick. I'm also wondering if and when he'll pull out the electoral college map win from 2016 at some point. <laughs> oh God, that's so funny. <laughs> He whips out. It's the in map. his pocket. He's got it. Like, like, remember what we said? Yes. It's in his wallet instead of his kids. Yeah. Oh, I mean, would that surprise you at all? Do you have a picture of Tiffany? No, Did but here's my beautiful map. Oh Somebody my knew all god. His kids anyway, somebody <laughs> should do a mashup of the map with Tiffany so that he can have two in one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, that's our show. Um, thank you so much again. If you want to support women in podcasting and help us pay our bills and keep the lights on, go to patreon.com slash the daily beans because you will get ad free episodes of these shows every day and you will get them the night before they come out. And we're about this week setting up a video link any minute now. Once I figure out how to get it working, uh, maybe I'll bring Shadow App in and they can help me uh, figure it out or we can do it some sort of AI situation like the National <laughs> Archives. Once I get it working, you will have access to, we're going to put out like weekly videos mm-hmm. of us in the studio recording stuff. You'll get to see it. You get to see the bloopers. Uh, we'll wear our third love bras, maybe if you're lucky. And <laughs> there might be a lot of onesies, some bedhead, who knows, antics. Um, we're crazy. No, I will. Not. I will put on a bra for you people. We're not that crazy. Oh, rad. wow. So, um, anyway, and very antithetical to Jennifer Aniston and friends. <laughs> um, and so yeah, check it out. I mean, you can get in as little as three bucks a month. It's super worth it. And you also become a patron of Mueller. She wrote. I send mm-hmm. you research notes. You get pictures and a newsletter and infographics and prizes and yeah and if you become a patron and you get the ad free episodes of the beans we do send you all of our discount codes in a weekly newsletter so you still get them you still have to listen to the ads yeah Mm -hmm. just sweet and we a lot of people seem to find them useful yes we do vet our companies sometimes we make mistakes and then we and then we hear what you have to say and then we don't do that anymore Mm -hmm. because we care about what you think Mm -hmm. um we really do and seriously i you guys are so important to me. Um, I'm doing so much better now. And, and really, it's, you know, you guys, you two, and this show that really got me through it. So mm-hmm. thank you. Um, and any final thoughts? Uh, I just wanted to say we owe ourselves a huge pat on the back, I think, for making it through what is almost four years of this. Everybody, mm-hmm. you know, like it seemed like it was something that we might not have the strength to do or mental fortitude to make it through, but we are still standing strong. When I say we, I mean like everybody, everybody listening. Yes. (laughs) We are still standing strong and fighting Mm -hmm. and as resistors, we've endured a lot. Yes, exactly. As resistors and everyone's endured a lot and I think it's going to pay off and, and we did it on purpose. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And, and that's uh, bravery. That makes everyone so brave. Oh, very brave. And really, yeah, I mean, sadly, we've lost some people along the way. Elijah Cummings, people in you know our personal lives and stuff. But for, for the most part, I think it's very victorious how everyone has persisted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, we persisted. The state of our that. union is fucking badass and ready to get this piece of shit out nice yes that's the state of the union i'm mm-hmm. talking about hell yeah mm-hmm. mandy okay. reedy anything thank you for the uh, chocolate i, I, for I don't even night. i can't say anything after that i know <laughs> how do you follow that uh, headliner no i mean <laughs> I, I i i agree with you jordan you know mm-hmm. it's it's fucking exhausting but like hope and community is 
very important. Mm-hmm. Huge virtual podcast hug to everybody. Yeah, giant cuddle to all of you. Yeah. So please, everyone, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Jordan Coburn. I've been Mandy Reedy. And them's the bean ease. <laughs> the Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>